just yeah. to just be a little bit empathetic to what mm-hmm. other people are going through. I'm a strong believer in radical compassion, and I also strongly believe that we lost a lot of that. You can see that with um, with the vaccine de- debate. You're, it's very binary, right? You're either pro or you're against, and the other party is is an idiot, and that's also what the other party thinks. Why can't we just you know, switch sides as well and look at it from a different perspective? And I think you should do that with everything in life. Welcome to the Prime Life Project podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prominent Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and we're going to get straight into today's episode. Normally, I do a bit of an introduction, but I'm very, very excited for today's guest. Uh, just been talking a bit off air. I absolutely love his energy. Uh, I know that we're going to provide a lot of value today, so I just want to dive straight into this. So my guest today, now, disclaimer, this is not how you say his last name, okay? Like, I'm going to get him to introduce himself properly with his last name, but I've practiced off air and I can't do it. So unfortunately, I'm just going to have to say it in the English way. But my guest today is Robert Overweg, who is the founder of the Adaptable Mindset Program. He and his team empower people to develop their own adaptable mindset, to develop mental flexibility, learn how to create mental space, and to find new possibilities. Robert has over a decade of experience in innovation and digital transformation with clients like Vodafone, eBay, Heineken, and a variety of startups and innovative schools. As a frequent speaker at institutes like MIT and the European Commission, Robert speaks about ways to use technology to work smarter and add value to our world. It's Robert's goal to empower people to live a life full of possibilities. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Daniel. So how do you say your last name? Overweg. There we go. So for for my guests, you now know why I didn't try to pronounce it. So... um, Robert, like I said to you off air, I'm really not sure where we're going to go today because do my research into you. Um, you're a very, very interesting person. And this topic that we're going to talk about today, um, I know that my audience can take some value from this. But can we just go back to the beginning? And can you share with me um, how and why you actually became an adaptability expert? Because that's a bit of a niche thing to get into. So can mm. you just take me back as to how that all came about? Yeah, sure. Um, I think... I think it started with my just my childhood in my in my upbringing that my parents always told me you know you can become whatever you want to be uh, if it was a Backstreet Boy or a singer <laughs> or or a painter or whatever you know I was always supported in in that sense uh, but when I grew up when I got older and when I started working in corporate innovation I saw a lot of people who were quite frankly just sad they were almost like uh, on on the brink of depression. Uh, stuck in their ways, uh, they, f- they, they, they did not have the tools to, to move forward, to find new possibilities. And I also encountered a lot of students because I also teach at universities uh, and also um, students who right before going to university asked me questions like, hey, hey Rob, uh, what kind of education shall I, uh, shall I take? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, actually, because most educations, they, they sort of take away your, your autonomy uh, the things that you learn, they are almost not relevant anymore w- when you graduate. Mm. So, so there are so much things going on in the world, and I saw so much sadness in a way that I I felt like, man, we, we got to fix this. You know, we got to give people the tools to you know uh, treat their their anxiety, treat their stress, uh, have them find new possibilities, and and build on these skills because. Not everyone gets these skills like during their childhood or during their education, which I think is it's almost like a crime. 
Mm, absolutely. I think it's the biggest thing nowadays in Western culture, sort of as you said, and some of my previous guests have alluded to, like it, universities nowadays in the education structure, almost like it takes the creativity out of people. It doesn't actually allow them to be creative. Yeah. And then they leave this education structure, not saying they didn't get a good education, but they then lose that spark that made them unique. And mm -hmm. it's only the select few that can actually um, reignite that spark that then really go on to thrive and prosper. Um, so how you put that there is absolutely perfect. So how, especially from such a young age then, like when you get into some of these people before they get to the education system, what advice do you give them at that age? Because obviously for me, it's like they've got to kind of make their own, not necessarily mistakes. And mm -hmm. obviously you don't want to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. But sure. how do you guide them in that? decision-making yeah. process yeah so the, the 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 kids in the in the in the teen age i i tell them to because you know a diploma is still a signal it's a signal in society hey i'm not fully retarded and i uh, <laughs> you know I, i've got a certain thinking level yeah. uh, but at the same time like you mentioned it takes away it can take away some of your creativity so i advise them take something which is really easy for you to do that you can just uh, you know easily get through get the signal uh, do a lot of side hustles, things that you are interested in. Uh, go go into crypto, go into start a new company on your own. You know, do all of these things that that resonate with you, that make you curious, and then yeah, find your drive in that. And yeah, for for me, the the yeah, the the, the high school and the university education is more of a like I said, more of a signal. So, so with that, then we talk about the cryptocurrency. Like again, we've already gone down a rabbit hole. We what we're like five minutes into the episode, so. Um, for me, when you get these younger kids and trying to get them to think critically for themselves, I think critical mm -hmm. thinking is a skill that has essentially been destroyed. When it comes to like cryptocurrency, for example, do you find that a lot of these younger generation are easily influenced on things? So for example, you look at cryptocurrency, that's yeah. like a bit of a buzzword. So people will just throw money at things mm -hmm. that they think is cool and they think will give them happiness and fulfillment, yeah. but they're just kind of going along with the crowd. Sure, but you should not think that it will give you happiness and fulfillment. If you think that, hey, I'm going to make a few, few bucks, that's interesting. But if you then learn in one or two weeks that you aren't and you lost all your money, that's actually a good learning experience. Mm -hmm. might sound a bit weird, but um, yeah, I actually believe that that to be true. Yeah, no, Because the, the, the cycles are so, so quick and so fast in, in the crypto space. And there are so many new things happening that even I sometimes have difficulty to wrap my head around what the heck is going on there? And I think if you if you venture more into these places where you think, I have no clue, man, that's actually really good because then you can train your uncertainty, train to be more okay with uncertainty, ambiguity. And these are skills that you need because all of the change first gives you uncertainty and ambiguity and, and makes you shoot into weird emotions, you know, that you that you have difficulty to control and then you can't objectively look at things and you can train yourself to be okay in like cryptocurrency, but you can also do like uh, kickboxing or different types of sports that you find a bit scary. And then you can learn, yeah, how to deal with those kinds of anxiety. I think it's also uh, interesting as well, like as we're saying, like, the world is so fast paced nowadays that even if at that sort of age anyway, even if you do go into cryptocurrency, let's say, or anything, and it doesn't work, just as quickly as it didn't work, just as quickly you can find something else that mm -hmm. will work. Yeah. So, it, so it's like a double-edged sword. Like it's easy come, easy go. Like you can lose it, you can find something else. So it's just, if you go to cryptocurrency, it doesn't really work out for you. By the way, I'm not into cryptocurrency. Just just do your own, do your own due diligence. Do due diligence. Um, don't just blindly go into things. Um, but I think it's really important that, that we sort of hit on that, that 
if things don't work out for people, you can then sort of shift. So this is obviously the core message. May I add one more thing? Of course you can. What I find very important then is to let the kids learn from their failures. So instead of, oh, I messed up, I lost all my money, or, uh, or I'm, oh, I'm still too afraid to, to practice kickboxing or, or sparring or something like that, um, just write down what you learned from your failure. So thanks to failure X, I learned Y. Yeah. And if you, if you sort of upload that, that system in your, in your operating system, that, that, that principle, that will make your life way more easy. Like I, n- nothing is a failure. Nothing is like, um, like an endpoint, like a final thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's all just play, experimentation, mm-hmm. and moving forward. I use that on my clients as well. I've got two things that I say to people. The first thing is it's impossible to fail if you learn from it because mm-hmm. then by definition, the failure becomes a lesson. Yeah. Uh, and then I use a formula with my clients. So when it comes to their check-ins each week, I basically get them to self-reflect. So if they've messed up, why and how can you learn from it to move on? Yeah. Uh, so the formula I use is pain plus reflection equals progress. So a lot of people go through the pain, but they don't do the reflection. They don't mm-hmm. then ask themselves the tough questions. Right, well, why did that go wrong? How can I learn from it? Mm-hmm. What did I learn? And yeah. then that's how you progress moving forward. So you start to notice these patterns, even if it's like, let's say you go from cryptocurrency to kickboxing, two completely different things. However, if you start to notice a pattern in how you are within yourself, you can then start to auto-correct a little bit. 100%, 100%. And, and the things you mentioned, for example, Ray Dalio, he, uh, Ray Dalio is, um, he was the CEO of one of the largest head funds, uh, funds in the world. And he uses the same principle. And at Spotify, they use the same principle as well. Like uh, there's a failure, what can we learn from it? Like the reflection aspect that you also mentioned. So and it's, and it's basic knowledge, but it's also high level thinking, which not, not everyone uh, has uploaded in their own operating system, unfortunately. But, but this is the problem. I think a lot of people are expecting, and this is this is what I try and get, get across on the podcast uh, and with my, my own personal clients, is that people are expecting success to be something crazy. They're expecting that all these successful people know something absolutely outlandish. They don't. They understand the basic principles, accountability, consistency, mm-hmm. discipline, and they literally just repeat it every single day like compounding interest and it's that yeah. simple there's no magic pill or formula yeah. that makes jeff bezos any more successful than them it's just the fact of he understands that it may be mundane it may be boring he will mess up but he understands that and he just keeps pl- planning on yeah. going forward yeah yeah and to add to that i think also uh, following your curiosity is very important in that sense uh, because if you're already curious in a um, in, in a specific aspect in a specific field, then for you, learning and education feels like play. But for someone else, if I need to learn more about math, yeah, good luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. But in different fields like art and technology, you know, I'm a, like a fish in the water, and I don't mind continuously learning, continuously sort of updating my my own knowledge. I think that's really interesting because that's the thing with me, like being dyslexic, so I do struggle to read. Mm-hmm. So. People find it fascinating that I I own I can only read books that I want to read. Mm-hmm. So you turned around to me and said, "Oh, Daniel, you'll love this um, this book about I don't know I don't know from Amsterdam this Amsterdam person." I'd be like, oh, "I'm not really that bothered." If you but if you turned around to me and said, "This book really helped me get to where mm-hmm. I'm at," I will then read it. Does that make sense? I can't read something that I'm not interested in. I have yeah. to want to read about it. And I think that's also part of the, the problem with um, schools and stuff. Like when it comes to reading, I was made to read like Jane Austen. 
what the fuck do I care about yeah. Jane Austen? I don't care. That doesn't, that does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. But you talked to me about um, the book Zappos, which is basically the, 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 the shoe company and how they became successful. I'll read that all day long because yeah. I love that. So I think it's really interesting. Now, obviously with your company, like um, Adaptable Mindset, I think it's important just to define what ad- being adaptable actually means. Because I'd like to assume that most people know what adaptability is, but in your world and with what you do, what does it actually mean? Yeah. yeah, for me, it means that any challenge that comes your way, that you'll find a solution to to tackle that challenge, that you uh, keep a calm mind, that you are connected to the things that are meaningful to you and that you're able to use these things to find solutions and that you're also able to create an environment for other people to flourish as well. And, um, and these things, they may sound a bit soft and they may sound a bit weird. Uh, but it's actually doable to create these sort of spaces where people are aligned with their own goals and where they can use their own inspiration, own curiosity <clears throat> to, to tackle their own challenges. So my theory is like every every challenge is solvable. That that should be like your, your core principle. We just need to find what ingredients you need to solve these challenges. So how do you go about doing that then? Because that's quite interesting. Obviously, yeah. that's that's a very broad thing to say. It's like we had a, a gentleman on, uh, Paul Cope, who's now a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his his title of his book was How to Solve All of Life's Problems. And I was just like, hold it's on a minute. a good goal. Yeah, I was like, hold on a minute. But then when he broke it all down, it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. So obviously, what you're saying there, it sounds amazing. And I completely get on board with that. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of my, uh, my audience listening are like, okay, Robert, that sounds amazing. But how, in like practical sense, do we go mm-hmm. about creating that? Yeah. yeah. So uh, what I see in, in society and yeah, in society in general is that a lot of people are sort of function like a cog in a big machine, like this, this gigantic apparatus that we call society or that we call work or that we call corporate life. And they're sort of devoid for meaning. So they lost their spark. They lost their, they lost their curiosity. They lost their maybe even a will to, will to live. So you need to connect again to the things that, that, that light your flame. You know, the things that as a kid that you really want to do or that you were doing as a kid, maybe it was drawing, maybe it was photography, maybe it was running, like whatever. Find those things and connect again to those things and make it um, a very structured, in a very structural way, part of your life. So maybe three, four, five times a week, interact with these things, update yourself. Um, then at the same time, you should take care of your mind and body, like uh, decrease stress. Because if you're stressed out, you can have your brain reduced to just 20% left of its capacity. It's very difficult to find solutions with just 20% of your brain um, you know, uh, available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of these things that um, for, if you want cognitive flexibility, you can do meditation, you can do yoga. They're, all of these things, they work. Like it's been proven that they work. But you just need to find what works for you. Do you find that a lot of people um, resist this change because we're so conditioned as adults to not really want to have fun? So is that if you just tell an adult, go, what do you enjoy doing when you were younger? And it could be, I don't know, play computer yeah. games, for example. Yeah, but they, yeah. they're, so, they're, so, they're so like, I just don't want to do it. So yeah. how, how do you overcome that? Sure. Yeah. When I talk about this in uh, in some companies, they, they laugh. They're like, what? We're going to play? That's impossible <laughs> here. Like. What kind of life are you living, man? Because if, if you play, then like any challenge doesn't feel like an actual challenge. You're just playing around. You're just experimenting. You're just trying out a few things here and there. 
that's that's a way different mindset which yeah it sort of makes you get out of the current rut get out of the current rules because you're just playing around that's also what kids do you know they create their own worlds in their head and that's something that we yeah, should aspire more to do uh, these sort of things uh, but I sort of lost your lost track of your question. Uh, the question was, how do we get adults to sure. to start playing again? Because like I said yeah. they're going to have so much resistance to that. So how yeah. do you, like you said, they, they laugh at you originally when you say mm-hmm. it. So how yeah. do you overcome that barrier? Yeah, I think one of the things, so first make it very attractive. So let people, what really, really resonates with them. So if it's photography or art or philosophy, you know, let them pull on that thread, let them explore that. Um surely that will that will spark a flame but at the same time ego is also uh, often like in between what people want uh, because you don't want to fail with the thing that you're really longing for because if you fail with that thing man well so so better so better not try that better leave it there there over there in the corner where it's calling my name where it's longing for me but no i won't touch it because you know if i fail but but if you change your mindset in that aspect and just hey man I'm just going to play around with it a bit, just going to experiment a bit, that changes the changes the entire paradigm and create a safe environment. So in most corporates there is no safe environment. Me and Mikey learned that the hard way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You both got sacked, or <laughs> no, 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 no. We we, um, we went to a, a corporate place, and um, it's just understanding that certain things in when when we've been to other corporate places as well, like there's not very openness to let people just be themselves and express themselves freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that then creates not a good workforce because they don't feel like they can actually be themselves. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's something that's not it's not good because something you were talking about there um, that really sort of struck me. And I wrote it down here. I had a conversation with some people, um, I think it might have been yesterday, but essentially life is just a game. Like, and sort of like when you're talking now, it's like, yep, life really is a game. Like you can pretty much do what you want within reason, like mm-hmm. to become successful, but we sort of lose that ability to want to try like because yeah. we are so afraid to fail. But if we just go back to that kid state of what's the worst that's yeah. going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you sort of, oh, but it, it, so I heard these uh, sayings before as well, like life is just a game or, uh, you know, uh, be in the moment. And, you know, all of these things you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they, they are true, right? And when you actually start to yeah, upgrade again your operating system, I think in a way that this is true, even if you sort of believe it, just try it out for maybe a day. Try out, maybe just try to be that person for maybe half a day mm. where you just think that you can create everything that you want because that is true because everything before you is created as well but so again this is this is my oh god going to some deep rabbit holes so uh this is my whole theory on this is that everything is energy like absolutely everything in this world is energy mm-hmm. um so obviously thought energy is energy so you've got a choice you can either think negative or think positive so this isn't really law of attraction there's a bit of a deeper level to this i don't want to go too down a rabbit hole but it's understanding that most people have got such negative thoughts that all they're putting out is the negativity yeah. so in this game of life you'll get all the sick, exactly so if I'm you can sure. actually just start to play positive as you said what's the mm-hmm. worst that's going to happen yeah. especially if you don't like your life right now mm-hmm. and you don't like your current situation what really have you got to lose? Like you, you have nothing to do. So you, you've tried, you've tried being miserable. Why not try being happy and try mm-hmm. being, do you know what yeah. I mean? Try, just try and have a bit of fun. Yeah. But it's not just a rational thing. It's not something that you can just solve through cognition. I think mm-hmm. you also need to get the fuck out and start running, uh, you know, get fit, 
clear your mind, work out, take care of your nutrition. Like, yeah, there, there's this meme online that um, a person goes to the doctor and, and, and feels depressed. Uh, oh, what do we need to do, doctor? Well, you only need to do like meditation, blah, 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 like, like a dozen things. But it's true. You need to take care of everything. But again, that's also like in a game where you level up, you get experience points, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you, you gather things. And yep. yeah. And if you don't do that, you're playing life on hard mode. And hmm. um, that might not be a smart idea. No. Can I just ask, like, this is this is not in our show notes at all, but when I'm talking to you, you've got such a calming aura about you. You're just talking to you and how you're articulating things. Can I just ask, have you overcome anything in your life? Have you always been like this? Because uh, I mean, just just how you're talking and how you're yeah. articulating yourself, it's just mm-hmm. making me wonder about you as a person. And I know we didn't cover this in mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about, but can you give me a bit of a backstory into you? Because I'm just fascinated yeah, sure. in this. Yeah, I think I was uh, way more brutal. Uh, so the things that I wanted to happen were going to happen. And I pushed through and I didn't care what, what would happen. Break walls, uh, turn people over. And, uh, like Because I was sort of uh, striving for, a, for a, I don't know, a higher goal or whatever. Creating a better space for people and those sort of things. Um but then I think, and through, I guess, life, learning, reading, uh, meditation as well, um, being able to take sort of an objective distance from yourself and seeing the kind of stuff that you're doing, um, that, that helped a lot. And also uh, putting myself in the perspective of someone else. And that mm-hmm. was, I almost want to say, very, very frightening because first I was pointing fingers at people like, hey, you're not doing anything. Why are you not uh, changing this, this situation? But you, I, I, I learned that I need to take into account uh, people's upbringing, uh, their stress level, how happy they are. Maybe they just had a fight with their, with their wife. You know, all of these things play, play a role. And I need to be conscious of those things. And I need to help them solve these things. Um, and that sort of calmed me down as well. That that's such a amazing to show a bit of compassion. Just, yeah. to, just to be a little bit empathetic to what other people are going through. I'm a strong believer in radical compassion. And I also strongly believe that we lost a lot of that. You can see that with, um, with the vaccine de- debate. You're, it's very binary, right? You're either pro or you're against. And the other party is, is an idiot. And that's also what the other party thinks. Why can't we just you know, switch sides as well and look at it from a different perspective? And I think you should do that with everything in life. Also, what your doctor says when you're buying a house, it's, that's why you need this cognitive flexibility. That's why you need this adaptability to see things from a different perspective. And you can train that. So let's talk about, before we go into training it, Mm-hmm. what is cognitive flexibility? Because you've, you've mentioned that twice now. So yeah. what is cognitive flexibility? I love, I love how it sounds, by the way. It sounds yeah, in, in a sense, it's a, fancy, it's a fancier word than, than adaptability. Yeah. It is, um, but, but there are some science behind it as well. Like when we are kids, when we are younger, um, your brain is in a in total state of neuroplasticity. You know, it's very um, ephemeral. It's still, it's still finding its place. And we used to think that after, after a certain time, everything is fixed. Right, everything sort of settles down, and uh, that's sort of the the thing that you need to uh, that that you can go through life with. We also thought that um, that your DNA that was sort of fixed, 
and that you also went through life with that. But all of these things, they turn out to be incorrect. You can actually regain neuroplasticity. Uh, you can actually change the DNA receptors in your body if you just change the environment. Mm. So there are all of these things that we can do to sort of regain a little bit of our flexibility that we are able to find these new perspectives and new solutions. So how do we do that then? Because that sounds amazing. Like, mm -hmm. and this is something where uh, you see now, this is the power of social media. Like for all the bashing I give social media is absolutely incredible because if you follow the right pages, which is what I talk to my clients about, you mm -hmm. see some amazing information and you can see this neuroplasticity in brain scans of people that actually in their seventies or whatever actually have regained like yeah. this, these functions in the brain because they're actually trying to learn a new language or learn to play the piano or they're, they're constantly mm -hmm. trying to stretch themselves yeah. out of this oh, I'm just old, my brain's shrinking because mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of us were told. So when they start to get a bit forgetful in their 30s, let's say, mm -hmm. they're thinking, oh, I'm just getting old. And it's like, yeah. well, no, can you not just challenge that a little bit? So mm -hmm. how do then do we do we create this uh, cognitive flexibility and this, yeah. this neuroplasticity? Yeah, you went through uh, quite a few things already. I think the short version is just live life to the fullest. Like what you mentioned. Um... What, what, a, what a motto, by the way. Yeah, what is, it, is that your motto? <laughs> no, when I said what a motto, that, that, that'd be the shortest podcast ever. Yeah. What, 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 what do you stuff? believe, Robert? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe, but, but the weird thing is, it's easier said than done. Uh, because what do we do? We, uh, you know, when, when we get home, if, if you are allowed to, allowed to go to the office uh, and things like that, then, uh, you know, we grab a phone. And uh, we start uh, start a scrolling on our Instagram or whatever. Um, so that's not uh, creating cognitive flexibility. What is indeed, like you mentioned, uh, playing uh, playing musical instruments, um, do, doing exercise, uh, yoga, meditation gives you cognitive flexibility. But also the things that have always driven humanity forward, like uh, a certain kind of philosophy, a certain kind of art, even games. Even games like in games like Fortnite, what all these kids play, uh, every few weeks the entire world changes. And well, good luck dealing with that if you don't have cognitive flexibility. Like everything is constantly changing. So, in in my uh, in my view, we can actually learn this skill in in many many different domains. You just need to find what domain resonates with you, like naturally, and where where your curiosity takes you. I think it's also with intention as well. So once you've now listened to this podcast and you're now talking about this, it's then on the listener to intentionally go out and seek these things. So rather than just going through the motions of life, almost giving themselves permission to have this flexibility, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. rather than just going through the motions, they are actively choosing it. So it then, as you sort of said, then becomes almost fun because they're yeah. then taking back control of their life. Sure. Yeah. I think there's one step before it starts with awareness that always like there might be something more here and then indeed uh, find what resonates with you and then integrate it like a madman in, in your life. Like it's maybe the most important thing uh, for you, for your family to find, to find joy, to find prosperity because if you, because who else is going to do it? No one else is going to do it for you. The only thing that I like the society and all the other platforms that are there they just want your eyeballs. They just want your time. Like Netflix, Instagram, it's just, generally speaking, time grabbing. And it's not helping you in becoming, yeah, it's not supporting you in becoming like the, the most beautiful human being you can become. 
Mm-hmm. And I say, I say this all the time. I go on a few little rants about it. The fact, again, I hope my audience, I'm not going to say it for the probably fifth podcast in a row, that again, all my guests come on and say the same things. Mm-hmm. It's understanding that um, the world and society that we live in is programmed and conditioned for a certain type of person. And it basically essentially leads to the common average person, let's say, um, not being okay, becoming obese, unhealthy, depressed, yeah. miserable, and your big corporate companies earning a lot of money from you doing that. Mm-hmm. Like Mr. Mr. Netflix doesn't care what you do. He just wants his money. Mr. Bezos doesn't care. He just wants your money. He wants yeah. your eyeballs. That's all they care about. Yeah. So then it then, and this is the empowering thing for me, which again, I think people hopefully should see it as an empowering thing that you don't need anyone or anything else. You don't need me. We don't need you. They just need mm-hmm. ourselves. They just need yeah. ourselves. They, 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 they have the complete ability to take back control. And although it's scary, because I think most people don't really know themselves, it's also incredibly empowering that you don't have to rely on someone else because there's nothing worse than when you've got to do a school project or you've got to do something and you're relying on the other person and it's crap. Yeah. So I think it's really empowering. So how do you how do you reprogram people? And I know that sounds that's a really broad statement to make, but mm-hmm. you were talking about um coming off your phones and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. it's so easy. Even I catch myself doing it. I'm sure you do too. Like mm-hmm. you just you're meant to be doing some big work and you catch yourself just scrolling on you or you watch a YouTube video and then you're down an hour-long rabbit hole. Yeah. How do we unprogram <clears throat> that? Yeah, so uh, we've got a specific model which is free as well, uh, called filter the noise. Uh, how to create like this this mental space? And indeed, I agree with you. Like um, when you see people waiting at the bus stop, like no one is ever bored again. No one is ever just staring around. They're always just reading the latest news, which is irrelevant, or, or watching some irrelevant irrelevant video instead of yeah reflecting, letting your subconscious mind do a bit of the work. Um, but you ask what you can do. So it starts by starting the day in the right way. And that's not with your phone. So you can turn your phone on flight mode uh, in the evening. And I try to leave it on flight mode as long as possible. That's one of the things I used to do uh, for a long while. Then I found out that I can also limit usage of my apps uh, on my phone. So on nine o'clock, everything shuts down except weather and uh, and maps and a few other um, utilities. So no social and no no phone and no no text. Mm-hmm. And then I try to push it to 10.30 that it that it turns on again. Um, now it's like 9.30 or, or 10. And for the rest, everything on all of my uh, devices is not on push. So I can live my own life and I can decide when I'm going to interact with anyone. So also if, when people call me, good luck. I won't. Pick up. <laughs> I'll call you back or not. <laughs> Most of the time, I won't. Uh, and and in the beginning, like I, like uh, I work with all, a lot of these corporates, and they expect that you are always on Teams, and they expect that they can shoot in meetings back to back. But when you start saying, "No, man, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that," because you know when I have more brain space, when I get into when I can get into a flow state, I can become 500 percent more efficient. Right, this research by McKinsey, they've done it for 10 years. So it's true. So if, if you, you can actually make the statement that you will be more efficient by doing less of the crap. Mm. I think, so, that's a, I think yeah. the corporate things, but that's that they're so driven on trying to get more out of the employee that they end up mm-hmm. getting so much less out of them. And yeah. it's just like, we all know what it's like if you go back to back to back. And I think the biggest problem with corporate companies is that the high people, they have at some point been the workforce and they know themselves how they, you can't function like that. 
Mm-hmm. The higher you go up the ladder, it's almost like they forget where they've come from almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they, um, but also um, in the, in the higher regions, there is less empathy and more psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yeah. I'm not making, not making it up like a lot of, lot of sea level uh, is in that way. Um, but yeah, you can just stand your ground mm-hmm. and um uh, maybe come up with a few solutions for if that if that doesn't work mm. then as well show yeah. them the research so start yeah. the day off right so again i'm a big believer in this i'm a big proponent in this um again hopefully back me up on this is um that your brain is most receptive to information first thing in the morning and last thing at night so that's why again when rob was talking about this it's understanding that actually um first thing in the morning if all you do is check on your phone and you have a negative uh, news story or you see your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend on social media then straight away you're programming your brain for the day to be on a downward spiral and then you've got to try and pull it back is that correct and same thing yeah. in the evening. it's almost impossible uh, to get it back w- when i start my day with my phone um, I'm, I'm just i'm also stuck with superficial thoughts and i don't want superficial thoughts i don't want to re i don't want reactive thoughts as well i want to live my own life and maybe it sounds a bit um I don't know what the word for it is, pretentious or something like that. But it's a process, and you and you can get there. But you, you, you say it's pretentious, and I think this is the, the the problem as well. When when people like you and myself are talking, um, and we're giving people these bits of advice, people will use word like pretentious, mm-hmm. boring, yeah. strict, whatever it is. But that's their limiting belief, mm-hmm. and do you mean that they're, they're placing it on the external thing? It's understanding that actually. <sighs> People will judge on things without trying it themselves. So it's just like I say to clients, just try not having your phone on first thing in the mm-hmm. morning. Give, you, give yourself, even start off with just 30 minutes longer yeah. than you normally would and just see how much better you feel. And then slowly it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. It's like, and they're like, oh, you were right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I know I was right. Like, I'm yeah. not saying this for any other yeah. reason. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to help. Um, so if you're, how, how, so how do you start your morning next? I've got my routines. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go into it again because I think my audience has heard me talk about mm-hmm. it enough about my morning routine. But what does your morning then look like to set you up on mm-hmm. the right path? Like, obviously, mine's yeah. got like a cold shower, a read. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, cold shower. Yeah, I've been doing that for five years now. Um, but anyway, I, I wake up most of the time with an alarm, sometimes a bit a bit more early. Um, yeah, and now my girlfriend is home as well. So we just lie in bed a bit, look at each other. Hey, you're here as well. Yeah, and now just, uh, just uh, I don't know connecting with each other a bit and doing, doing life. Uh, and then um, I do grab my phone, um, brush my teeth, go in cold shower. I always hesitate to do that because, but um, I don't want to be a pussy st- starting in the morning already. <laughs> yeah. So I need to do it. And um, that's already sort of the, the first win of the day as well. So I can conquer my own mind. Great. And uh, all of the blood is flowing through my body. So I'm fully awake. And then I just, um, I, I do often just have breakfast and I try to not have meetings in the morning. And I try to tell other people that in the morning I'm the most creative. Uh, so please try to leave me alone. Doesn't always work in that way. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of it. 
Mm. I love the, uh, the the cold shower we said about conquering the mind. That's what that's. I think mm-hmm. Tony Tony Robbins was the first person that I heard it from. Basically mm-hmm. saying that with the, obviously he's got his cry chambers, wherever he's got his multi million pound state of the art mm-hmm. things. But essentially, what he's saying was fundamentally, and this was the thing for me when I was so desperate at my lowest point, um, and I heard him say that if you want to get yourself into a better place mentally, you have to take control of that voice inside your head. And he says every single morning when you go to go in that cold shower, your voice is going to tell you not to do it, and you, like a dog, have to say shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. sit, we are doing this. And then you force yourself to do it. Yeah. And yeah. then as you said, you get that small win, you've taken control, the best version of you's come to play and you start the day on the up. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I said. Yeah, you, you, should, um, you should watch some, uh, some vi- I also did an online course from, uh, from Wim Hof. Yes. Sort of the, the originator of the, uh, of the cold showers and the breath works. Uh, although he builds further on Stanislav Grof, but um, if you watch some of his online courses, he dances underneath the cold shower. He's like, hey, yeah, he's just and nuts. It's it's nuts, but if you do it as well, you're like you're doing that as well on the shower, and it yeah, it um, it changes how you how you view things. Mm. Uh, and indeed, yeah, uh, like you mentioned, it helps you yeah con- conquer your mind. I I I say my affirmations in the cold shower. And one of the things I also say when I really start to struggle is I'm doing what other people won't do. So when I'm in that cold shower, I will literally say that I'm doing what other people won't do. Other people can do this, but they don't or they won't. And then it kind of empowers me to be like, I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to, I mean, I'm trying to push forward and do that sort of, so straight away, first thing in the morning, I'm giving myself a little bit of a pep talk, like a little bit of a motivational pep talk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something other people aren't prepared to do, which means that I will get results. Other people won't. So again, yeah. it's a bit of a, just a little bit of a pep talk. I do that yeah, but that's what athletes do, right? Like uh, Mike Tyson, uh, he, he uh, got up like uh, five in the morning, uh, went out for a run because the, the other guy isn't doing that. Yeah, and that's what it is, yeah. I, yeah, I think you can learn, but that's a bit of a, yeah, maybe a bit too much of a competitive mindset. I, 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 think, I think there's a, when it comes to competitive mindset, I think there's a certain point where it becomes counterproductive mm-hmm. because you literally sacrifice everything as you said basically how probably how you were when you described your earlier self Mm -hmm. you're so hell-bent on being this supreme person that you just again you you wake your girlfriend up at four o'clock in the morning to go for a run Mm -hmm. she's not going to be very happy with you you're telling her that she's disrupting you and she's doing it's like it just doesn't create a good environment to be around so i think Mm -hmm. there has to be a level of give and take so for me it's like when i'm walking around here with my team with mikey i'm not walking around being like mikey do this do that it's like it's not gonna be, even if I'm mm-hmm. trying to say it in a productive way, it's not going to help him. But I think just using it in a small little nuances will help you massively. Like for me, just in the cold shower, when I'm by myself, having that word myself to be like, you're doing this because no one else will do it. You sort of give yourself, you mm-hmm. G yourself up, yeah. put you on a level. You can then go into the world. I, I call it putting my body armor on. Mm-hmm. I put my body armor on, ready to, to deal with the world. Like yeah. as you sort of said, yeah. put my armor on first, then I open myself up to the world and my phone and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, You've said stuff before about um, helping people connect back to the meaning of life and like to learn from life as well. So to connect with meaning and learn from mm-hmm. life. I, was, I, was wondering, I know we spoke about this a little bit at the start, but I want to sort of like loop back to this again. Um, connecting with life. How, how do we get people in the present moment to actually connect and learn from life? I know it's a bit of a loaded question, but how do we get people to actually appreciate the life that they are living? Because so many people have so many things in their life to be grateful for. They have amazing lives. Mm-hmm. They're in the process of creating amazing lives. 
but they struggle to connect with that. If that makes sense. It's never good enough for them. They want the next thing. How do we get people to sort of just connect themselves back? Mm. Good. Yeah. Interesting question. Um, and a very deep, very loaded. <laughs> in, 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 indeed. Um, but what helps very uh, much for people who, who are, you know, not in the right frequency at the moment mm. is a gratitude setting. You probably know this as well. It's, um, and I like to do the version where we do three in the evening. And when someone is, uh, you know, close to depression or whatever, or you're not feeling well, um, you need to come up with three things that made your day. And of course, you first start with, oh, but everything was shitty and it was raining and oh no. And then, but uh, were you able to walk? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But that was not something beautiful that you are able to move. And, and, this, and there was no, there was not one beam of sunlight that entered your house yeah of course of course and and the lunch you know so you gradually start to explore the, the very very tiny things in life and train yourself to to find beauty in in these things and do them often enough and they will yeah it will again it will update your operating system and you will look at life in a new way uh, and also so besides by the way uh, doing the cold shower and, uh, and those things I also block out all negative information like news all of these things i stopped with that like maybe five years ago and first people thought i was crazy um but it doesn't really doesn't really harm me i still get my information but i get it more from the source instead of from someone who's repeating it and you know uh, that also helps because there's so much negativity in the world everyone uh, there's always someone dying there's always a war erupting somewhere and and there's never a solution like there, there's only issues, 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 issues. Like, could you maybe also spend some time on sharing some of possible <laughs> solutions? Maybe. Uh, your journey just, right? just a little bit of happiness. Just a little maybe, bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, but um, if you do as much research as I do, like for almost everything, there are solutions. But we just focus on the negativity of at least media, et cetera, focuses on, on, on these negative elements because, you know, this equals more clicks, equals more money. Um, so it could be a good idea to take a distance from that and just surround yourself with, with beautiful things, just mm. with, with the beauty of life. Mm. Um, like uh, for me, it's philosophy for me, it's art, you know, th these sort of things. Um, yeah. What, 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 sort of, what sort of philosophy do you read? If you don't mind me asking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I very much like, uh, Zygmunt Bauman. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he passed away already, but he talked about uh, liquid modern society, that everything is going to be liquid. And you, you see that in relationships, you see that in Tinder, you see that in how, uh, how much time people spend at companies. Everything is more, more fluid in a sense. Um, and I like uh, Hannah Arendt as well. And I like Sigmund, uh, nee, um, Byung-Chul Han. Byung-Chul Han is a Korean philosopher. He speaks about um, the burnout society and... Yeah, and, and how to handle those things. Mm, I love that. Like I said, I, just, I wrote a little note there about books. We'll, we'll look back in a second about mm -hmm. books uh, at, at the end. Um, I just wanted to hit upon a few things that you mentioned about frequency, and I love that you mentioned frequency. Again, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but again, just sort of upgrading your frequency, like the level you're vibrating at, like the mm -hmm. higher. Uh, if you look at tuning forks, so for example, in your life, if you have a goal that you want to achieve and that you're looking at, that's on a certain frequency and you have to tune your body into that frequency so that it actually vibrates together. So I think it's a massive thing. Now you've mentioned it a few times about operating systems. Because I know you're very, very tech tech savvy. Mm -hmm. Uh that, that's your sort of background with some stuff. So you mentioned like the brain is an operating system. 
uh, and like training yourself to upgrade your operating system. So let's just link it around to tech. So as we said at the start, modern society is, is evolving very, very quickly. Like things are going a bit crazy. You sort of alluded to it there, like the fluid society. Mm-hmm. How can we stay ahead of this tech-driven world? Because it's go, it's not going backwards. It, it's, it's going to keep going forwards and it's going to keep evolving at a quicker and quicker rate. So how do we stay ahead of that? Yeah, <clears throat> 100%. It's, it's developing at breakneck speeds. Uh, for example, the stuff, first a few examples, right, about how fast things are going. So you've got uh, OpenAI from Elon Musk. Um, you are already able to talk to a machine and say, hey, can you maybe uh, put this image here? And uh, can you also uh, make it so that I can control it with my uh, arrow keys? And then, the prog- and then the program, the algorithm writes the code for you. Like, it literally writes the code? It, it writes the code for you. You can also have your word or uh, your, your word, you know, your word processor, uh, communicate with the AI and you can then talk to the, to the, to, to word and, 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 and word then uh, does a ping to the, the open AI, to the algorithm. For an example, um, could you delete all initial spaces? And then the program r- writes that code in word and then changes that. So there are so many th- things like these happening uh, and when people say, well, uh, just focus on um, engineering, become a developer. Now, all of those things are and bullshit and also don't fit with everyone. So for all of these things, I personally like to invite everyone to interact with these things in a, in a very light way. Just experiment with it because there's a lot of nonsense going around and a lot of stuff which is not really happening or is way uh, further on the horizon. So I invite everyone to sort of embrace the new things that are going on and then find how you can use these things to sort of better your own life and do less of the mundane things because yeah, it can support you in, in doing your thing. Mm. Yeah. Are, are you worried about AI? Again, so AI, artificial intelligence, people don't know. Um, why are you worried about it? I, I just think a lot of people, um, they think that their job won't be impacted, but it will. Like, for example, lawyers. Oh, yeah, no, I've, I've got my degree. I make a lot of money. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff that you go that you do, going through all of the, the papers and finding references and stuff like that, you can do it like snap of a button. Uh, same with trading same with um, anything processing data um, analyzing things so but creativity good luck good luck automating that it's impossible empathy good luck automating that so these are two key values Uh, and also uh, adaptability and like finding new and different solutions like for complex problems, that's also difficult for AI. But I think it's, the worrying thing for me, like, again, I know you're more in this space than I am, is the fact that you're creating something that can, like when we spoke about at the start, about the self-evaluation, pain plus reflection equals progress. That's what they're programmed to do, to learn from their mistakes. They're constantly mm-hmm. evolving at a lot quicker rate than we are. So for me, obviously, we've all seen the movies like, um, what's the movie, Will Smith? I Robot. I Robot. Like, so that's where the, the, the AI becomes evil and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I feel like, I don't know, but the stuff that's going on, some of it just really unsettles me with how advanced this technology can be. Yeah. And I look at some of the people that are in control of this technology, and I'm just like, I can see how this could not end well. 
Yeah, 100%. If you look at uh, the motto of Facebook, like the earlier motto, uh, which was build fast and break things, they succeeded in doing that. Like uh, the democracy, uh, depression, like a lot of things. Um, as side of, happened as sort of side effects of um, them building fast and, and breaking things. Uh, but I want to go into the point of, uh, of AI, like you mentioned iRobot, but I think it will happen more uh, under the surface. Mm -hmm. For example, if you want to have a mortgage, you want to buy a house, but the algorithm has already decided that based on parameter X and Y, that you're not going to get it. And then a human, human being says to you, oh, no, unfortunately, no, we're, we're so up to here with, with all of the mortgages that we already set out. Unfortunately, we can't give it to you. These things are already happening because um, these algorithms, they might become a bit too technical, but they just put you in boxes. And <laughs> if the box is a bit, bit too wide, then yeah, you're, you're just um, out of luck. Yeah. And that's um, a very nasty society to be in because you don't have control you don't have insight in how the how the AI and how the technology works. And they, um, most people who work in the company uh, who has built the AI has no idea either. Yeah, that's yeah. They said they're always like they're making it and then going to correct it as they go along if they can. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like they're, they're, they're yeah. so to try and have this on a bit of a lighter note with technology because I don't want it to be all doom and gloom on sure. technology. Um, <laughs> it's just like the, <laughs> these robots, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. the robots yeah. destroying the world and, and yeah. losing my audience base. Um, so. From what you've seen with all this sort of stuff, is there a lot of positive advancements from this? So, when, so let's just go back to the whole um, adaptability. Um, mm -hmm. Is there technology, apps, things that you've seen potentially coming into the forefront or that you may use yourself within your company that can actually help people Wow, positively? Yeah. 100%. So I'm a very, very big fan of uh, no-code prototyping. So back in the days, like two years ago, when you want to build something. <laughs> is, is that back in yeah. the days now? That's back, back in the days. days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a week or a week now. <laughs> but um, if you want to build something, then you need uh, like a web developer, maybe backend developer. And if you want an app, wow, you need Android, you need iOS, you need the front end, you need, you need a lot of people, cost you a lot of money, maybe, maybe 200K. You're, you're, that's what you, what you can spend. And then you have an average product. But now with, with no-code tools, you on your own, you can just learn how that tool works. And in like a few weeks, you can have your, your platform, your app, your, your whatever you want, you can have it ready. And that's insane. So we can have, everyone can become an entrepreneur. You can just build the things that you want and you can just start doing that. You can, as, as a side hustle, as a side quest, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, if we stick with uh, the gaming analogy, mm -hmm. just start it up, man. You have an idea. Just start it. Just see how it resonates in the world if people uh, tag on to it and then iterate, iterate, iterate. Mm. Uh, so yeah, to uh, give you the insight, you can use bubble.io, you can use Figma, you can use Adalo. These are three apps where you don't need any uh, programming skills. It's just uh, drag and drop, um, put items on your screen. Maybe you need a little bit of design, so f find a buddy who can do design or find someone on Fiverr. And um, yeah, you can already get the ball rolling. And I use it in this in corporates as well. And they're amazed. They're like, they've been talking about ideas for years. And then we come in and are like, hey, you can you, you use this, man. They're like, what? So yeah. you literally can just create like apps, just sure. click and drag. Yeah. There are even apps uh, that you can create an app in five minutes. What? Yeah. 
but you need, a, for an example, your database is then a Google Sheet. So if you, for example, if you want uh, your training schedules or these sort of things, or a little bit of CRM, customer relationship management tooling, um, just have a have a Google Sheet and and yeah, click a button, and in five minutes you have an app. Mate, technology blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, it, it is dope. It's dope, and you also see that like individuals. Uh, especially in streamers, they become their own production powerhouses because oh. now the, the the yeah the, the software etc makes it so easy to to create beautiful things. Yeah, you see the streamers; they've got like five or six. So I've got a, 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 a quite a, a good streamer uh, as a client of mine. She built her own computer, and she's got all these screens. And you see her, and it's like she's literally something like the Matrix. And you just see all these screens, and she's just typing. I'm just like blows my mind yeah. um and i think i think parents need to cut on to that a little bit like to let their kids like i think a lot of parents fear technology but mm. that's the way that it's going actually the kids can help like I, i've got a lot of these kids that help their adults doing things it's, it makes me laugh quite a lot mm. um so to loop this back around then um yeah so again i want to give i want to give the the, the the listeners um some practical tools here um so all the stuff we've sort of covered we've covered a lot of things here about like like the neuroplasticity the cognitive flexibility and stuff and it's this has been an amazing conversation just for me because of how you articulate things. I, I very much enjoy how you've articulated some of this stuff. Like, again, we've got very similar views. My audience sort of picked up that the stuff you're talking about, very, very similar intertwined. But how you articulate things is beautiful. And I said, you've got such a calming presence about you. It's just been really nice to chat to you. You're like the yin to my yang. Like I'm the fire and you're the water. (laughs) So uh, I feel like I I feel like I've become more chill talking to you. It's like, no, Daniel, calm down. Um, So what exercises, um, do you use to help put some of this stuff into play? So, so, so for my audience tonight, they're saying, right, I really want to work on this adaptability stuff. So mm-hmm. I know we spoke about meditation, walking, uh, turning your phone off at night and stuff like that. But is there any actual like exercises that mm-hmm. you teach people, maybe corporate companies or something like that, um, get a bit of an insider thing in here, um, to actually help people, like just, if you just want to exercise or activity that they can do to actually help them with this? Yeah, sure. So uh, with the corporates, we also blast people with like a tsunami of of beautiful things, like a mixture of art, philosophy, all of the things which make life beautiful. But you can also do that on your own, maybe even with a bunch of friends or people who want to evolve. And then it's very easy to do. uh, And everyone can just do this at home. So take an uh, A4 sheet of paper and then uh, you start with um, what, what you're intrinsically motivated about. You know, what gives you energy? and write maybe eight to 10 things down. And the second question is, how important are these things to you? And you rate them on a scale of one to 10 and you write it next to the things that inspire you. <clears throat> and then comes the comes the um, sort of the icing on the cake, which is um, how, uh, how well integrated is it in your life? And then you start to see the discrepancies. So you say, oh, I love yoga. I love going into nature. And, oh, fuck, I never do this. (laughs) But I do say it. Uh, um, And then what is also a good idea is to create sort of, um, let people create almost like a mood board or a wall of all the things that you find important. And you need to get a little bit into a state of of wanting, of longing, of, 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 of positive energy that, oh, fuck, man, I want to do the yoga, that you're in that state. And then, okay, man, how am I going to solve the things that block me to do more of that. Mm. Um, so, you're, so you're sort of raising your energy level so you get so excited yeah. about doing it that it kind yeah. of propels you to want to do it more. Yeah, th- th- that is very important because you don't want to just be in your your rational cognitive brain. Mm. You need to get out of that. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, things a lot of people struggle with. They, they 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 think too much. I spoke about this on the the last podcast episode where um, our way of thinking is very much in a box. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes you have to get out of the box. And again, we do that by again feeling. So feeling driven, um, just to drive feelings towards wanting this thing so much that it then forces mm-hmm. you to go and do it. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, two final questions. The first one is uh, this is more for me, uh, but I know my audience will benefit from this. Um, what books could you recommend? Um, if you if you had like three books that you would say to people, these have really helped me. Whether it's philosophy or mental health, mindset, thinking, spirituality books, anything mm-hmm. really. But just three books if you could recommend them. Because as I said, I love everything about you. Um, so I, I, basically, I would ask you this off air. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking actually, I'd rather my audience get this value as well. So, what three books would you recommend yeah. to my audience? Yeah. So one of the books that um, maybe it's a bit too uh, too big, but I, I could say that it changed my life is untethered soul oh have oh, you read I, it i absolutely I, that's one of the books i recommend to people oh, amazing it yeah it fucks you up man <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it changes the entire <laughs> paradigm um i don't have arguments anymore um there are so many practical tools in there that uh, that help you uh, but you know that already uh, i also very much like the um, there's a book called i think it's called consolations by david white mm-hmm and these are all poems and he is able to reframe every word in there and give it a new meaning for example there's a poem about anger and you might think well anger is of course something negative but he manages to reframe it and he yeah i'm not going to spoil it i i just i just loved um how how it shows you new different perspectives um and i'm currently reading the intelligence trap and that is about how bright people can make silly mistakes now i do need to make the um, the remark that yeah i can sometimes find the writer a bit judgmental but that's okay mm-hmm. uh he comes from a science background so you know, everything needs to be proven and peer reviewed or, or something like that, which is okay. That's, that's his heritage. That's his, yep. that's where he comes from. But there is a very, um, a lot of research in there as well, which substantiates a lot of the things that we've been talking about as well. I love that. Especially. The, the, yeah. So the, the untethered soul, I, I said, that is, that's one of my all time favorite books. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it, towards the end of it, I, I always pre-frame it with people because <clears throat> At the end of the book, the author starts talking about God quite a bit. Now, that can put some people off. Mm. Again, my view on religion, um, again, I'm currently um, working my way through the Quran, um, trying to understand all these different religions and stuff. So my basic premise of God is that we are God. We are the creators of the universe that we live in. So I say to my clients that aren't necessarily religious, that in the untethered soul, when he starts to talk about God, just reframe it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just put that as you. Yeah. So like just imagine yourself as the creator and then pre-frame it from there. And then you will take the message out. Because sometimes people see the word God and it freaks them out a little bit. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. Take take the message that they're saying from the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I even I don't even remember him talking about God. So I just I, I think it's in the last, yeah. I think it's, it literally thinks in the last chapter. There's, mm-hmm. really, there's not much mm-hmm. of it, but I think he sort of just, just tips touches on something. It gets just yeah very very slightly and i was just a bit like oh this might put some people off so i tend to preframe it a little bit um final question ask this to all my guests um what's one bit of advice that you would give someone right now that's struggling yeah 
Um, good question. And of course, people, there are a lot of people struggling. So I would start with, hey, buddy, man, or a woman, you can get out of this, right? And then maybe um, go out for a walk, run, exercise, you know, get, get, get the body moving, get into a different mental state. And then when you slow down, think of what is really important to you and find ways to integrate that more into life. And also find ways to uh, take a different perspective on yourself as well. Because you know how it's always really easy to give friends advice. Oh, you should, you should uh, just do this and that. Um, but when you give yourself advice, it's always difficult to, to follow up. Mm. But if you are able to take like a third person view on how your life is going, then it instantly makes it easier to objectively look at things and, and make a proper analysis mm. and take steps forward. So, so for example, um, let's say I'm going through something. I mean, mm -hmm. we'd write it down and I'd call myself John. So I'd be like, John yeah. is struggling with X. John feels Y. And then I then look at that objectively and think, well, okay, if I was coaching John, what advice would I give John? If John was my friend, what advice would I give him? Is that basically essentially what you're saying there? Indeed, that's one way of doing it. Uh, that's writing it down. You can also imagine that you're just a fly on the wall. You can also, what I like to do is make a 3D scan of the room. So if I'm having an if I'm having an argument with someone, I imagine that I take a different perspective and I see myself standing there, and I think, oh God, he's going at it again. <laughs> uh, and then when then when you also notice other objects in the room, like then suddenly there is no emotion anymore because you're, you know, you're you're just seeing the entire thing unfold, mm. and that makes it easier to take a distance from it because you already have a distance from it i think that's the biggest thing like people are uh, we're too emotion driven mm -hmm. but we're not in control of our emotions yeah so i i, I say i said this a few times on the podcast i think a lot of us are emotionally um numb emotionally mm -hmm. retarded if you want to the lack yeah. of a better word we, yeah. we are not in tune with our emotions at all yet we let our emotions determine a lot of things so from what you just said there just take the emotion out of it like how much different would your life look but like arguing with your arguing with your partner what would your relationship with your boss be like or your colleague whatever it would be if you just took that emotion out of it and regain that control and again that's where the meditation comes in it just allows you to um just sit with yourself and understand yourself a bit better because we just don't the emotions in our, our brain are the most powerful tools we possess yet we have no clue really how to control them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, that, that's essentially what you're, the gift that you're giving people that you work with is giving them the tools to, as you said, just regain control of their computer programming Indeed. system. Yeah, and maybe uh, the ability to take a different path, take a different perspective and just try that out. Mm. And, and when you've done it once, you can do it, you can do it two times. And then yeah, it becomes part of your being. Life's all about choice. So that's about helping yeah. people make the right choice. Um, yeah. this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, where can people find out more information about you? Um, what's your website and what's your social media links? And I'll get Mikey to ping them across the bottom. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's uh, adaptablemindset.com. Actually, a lot of the, um, the things that we talked about are, are there freely available for people to read. Uh, and Robert Overweg on, uh, on Twitter, if you can spell my <laughs> last name correctly. <laughs> It's over the, does, it, does it have an umlaut or something? Is it or is it not? No, like, no, 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 no. It's it's what we in the Netherlands. We've got many different uh, like the Grachtengordel. You know, we've got many uh, 
uh, sounds that you don't have. No, so my um, one of my best friends uh, lives in Antwerp. So uh, <laughs> I've heard him speak um, speak before, obviously, when, when yeah. I lived with him in America. And literally, that's essentially what it sounded like. I was like, mate, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't have a clue. So yeah. he's trying to, t- trying to teach us, and I actually couldn't get my head around it. So yeah. uh, honestly, Robert, thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.